for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast that is Success Lives on Elevation. I am Kendra. And Ramon. And as we have with our previous shows, we always start off with a powerful motivational quote. And the quote starts by saying, stop trying to include everybody. Sometimes that blessing was just for you. All right, all right, all right. Yep, sometimes you got to go at it alone before you bring other people to the top. True that, true that. All right, so today's podcast is cash or credit. Not like they would at McDonald's, but is cash better than using credit? Now, some would say cash is better than using credit because cash you own and not owe. And cash allows you to have a better bargaining tool when you're purchasing larger purchases. I'm talking a car or a house. Something that I'd say is over like 40, 50,000. If you come in with straight cash, you can, you know, barter and negotiate. But with credit cards, they're more convenient. They offer security benefits. It, it has, uh, you know, it's your reputation as far as your credit. Um, you receive better interest rates, savings and deals. And a lot of companies now because of the pandemic prefer tap and pay instead of handling cash and due to a lot of cash shortages and you know in so many different areas basically in the u.s most places prefer cash and we're moving into a world of also taking cryptocurrency so i mean it's you know there's a lot of different opinions when it comes to this but ramon had a situation that came up recently and we thought we would discuss this situation and the person's thoughts um, and their opinions about using cash for a large purchase as opposed to using credit. Ramon, um, you know, he, he believes that credit is better than using cash and he gave a great explanation as to why you can use credit to leverage and to invest. I mean, we could stop the show right there, but I think it's best that you explain the scenario to our good folks. <laughs> you were so weak. Well, I mean, you just kind of said what I was going to say. Oh, okay. But uh well, show so over. The, the, the <laughs> story was the story was he said Cash is better than credit. Oh, Lord, there's the T, folks. I wasn't going to say that to him, but I had to kind of wait and see. You like, said, what? In what? word, what? You know, yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah, man, cash is better than credit. He said, if I had $100,000 and I'm going to go buy a house, and I'm going to pay it cash. I'm going to buy it all. I'm going to pay it all in food. And I said, well, hey, that's great. But I would not do that. And I'll be in a better position than you because I would use what you said, leverage. Absolutely. I would use the bank's money to help me finance that property and only have to put only have to use maybe twenty to twenty five thousand of that hundred thousand dollars to buy that same house. And you know, he thought it was crazy and all, but you still gonna have a mortgage, my stuff gonna be paid off. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's true. But I still have 75 to 80 thousand dollars left. So, if something happened, I still got 75 80 thousand dollars. You spent all your hundred thousand dollars. 
So technically, you'd be broke. I would have the house and I'll have money. You would have the house and no money. And, <laughs> you know, it just, it didn't make sense to him. Give an example using, you know, fake numbers. Fake, I just use a fake number. No, come on now, like, oh, the way you explain So I'm it saying, before. if I had $100,000 mm-hmm. and you were selling the house, mm-hmm. I would go to the bank and say, hey, I want to get a loan on this house. They're going to say, all right, they're going to run my credit, you know, all that stuff. And this and is so, why your credit reputation is important. Yes. They're going to say, all right, we can give you a loan to value um, of, let's say, 80%. On that house. And that means they're going to finance 80000 80% of that $100,000 house, which is $80,000. I come with the 20%, which is 20000 So I can now, I just use somebody else's money to help me get that same house, right? Yes, I got a mortgage, but I'm going to put a tenant in there. They're going to pay me rent, which is more than likely going to pay the mortgage. I might even have enough left over for cash flow. But again, I still got $75,000, $80,000 left. If you're using cash and you buy that house cash, you don't have no more money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. You're done. Something happens in the house, something breaks down or something, that's all your money. Because you just put it all into that house. You put all your eggs in one basket. Now, then he went on to say, well, if the market goes up and that goes up and my house goes up $100,000, now I'm gonna have two hundred thousand dollars in equity because my house paid off. I bought it for a hundred thousand. Now it's worth two hundred thousand. I said true. That's true. But I'd be in the same situation. But see, now if I only owed eighty thousand on the house, and then the value went up a hundred thousand, now the house is worth two hundred thousand, but I owe eighty. I would have a hundred hundred twenty thousand dollars basically in equity, mm-hmm. right? What I owe minus what it's worth. But remember, I still got the extra money that I had. That eighty, that seventy-five to eighty thousand uh-huh. dollars. So if I was to sell that house, I would still wind up with two hundred thousand, just like he would, right? But then I said, but you know what? The leverage part, what he don't understand. I said that same hundred thousand dollars because I'm using a bank to finance that that home. I could potentially go out and get four or five houses with just that same hundred thousand. Put $20,000 down on each five of those houses. Each one of those houses. Mm-hmm. So I can turn that $100,000 and have five homes, all have tenants, all paying rent, potentially giving me cash flow in all five of those houses. Mm-hmm. Now, if the market goes up $100,000, I have five homes that I just got $100,000 in equity. He would only have one. Right. And you'd have... Cash flow cash coming flow. in. They're paying the mortgage. Yeah. I don't have no more money, but I still got five homes that all now have a hundred thousand. You don't have each. any more money from that hundred thousand that you originally Correct. had. However, the money you're in making the money, in, yeah, from the property. So if I wanted to cash out and sell those houses, if I wanted to sell the houses, I could sell all five of the houses with that extra hundred thousand equity, and let's say, and I owe eighty on each one. Now I have 120000 times five. Mm-hmm. That's $600,000 I, I would have made off 100000 He would have only made 100000 off, off 100000 mm-hmm. So that's the key thing about leverage. 
And then he was like, well, if the market goes down, you know, then, you know, you got a mortgage, so you be in a worse position. I'm like, well, no. Again, I didn't over leverage my, I put 20% down. If the market went down, and now that same house that I paid 100000 is only worth ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst case scenario, I could sell the house and still pay off the loan and walk away. I didn't, I didn't get no money back, but I don't owe no money on each one of those houses. Right. If I don't sell it and I just keep them, well, I still got tenants in there that's paying the mortgage. Yeah, let's say those tenants. Well, nowadays they would be paying average rent between a thousand and fifteen hundred, depending on the market. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Now, a hundred thousand dollar house. If you put down twenty percent, now you only owe eighty thousand. That's over thirty years. Your mortgage is like four hundred some dollars. <laughs> let's say five something if you add taxes and insurance. Depending on where it's at, right? Mm-hmm. That means I can literally put a tenant in there at six hundred dollars a month, and everything is paid, and I'll still have a couple dollars left. But that's very cheap, right? right. For hours. If I do eight, nine hundred, or a thousand, everything is getting paid, and I'm still getting cash flow. Right. I don't have to sell the house. It's on the down market. I don't sell. I just keep them. Keep the tenants in there, and keep getting their money off of there. Now, once that 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 market goes up. Well, now, guess what? I'll have even more money because they were paying the mortgage, which means they were paying down the principal, which increases my equity. Mm-hmm. And then when the market goes up like it is now, them houses now were, you know, more. Right. So and we're, so is rent. Rent is going up. So I told him, well, when you put $100,000 on that house, and you paid it in cash, and the market went down. Now that that hundred thousand dollar house is only worth ninety. Well, if you sell it, you sell it at a loss. If you don't sell it, okay, well you only have one house with one tenant. Mm-hmm. What happens if that tenant moved out? Now you don't get you not get no income. Now you still owe mortgage. The house is worth less than what you paid for it, <laughs> and you don't have nobody in there. If one tenant moved out of one, out of one of those five houses that I bought, okay, no problem. I still probably have enough cash flow to cover that vacant home until I get it re-rented. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. The funny thing is, when I was telling him all this, I was breaking down. He was looking at me. He was like... Other people were around he was when like, I heard yeah. the story that <laughs> she was like... Yeah, so Ramon was telling, you know, explaining. She was like, everybody was just pulling up seats and looking like they wanted to take notes. He was like, well, I ain't know nothing about that. I'm going to have to look into that. I was like, yeah, look into it. I was like, but I know this. You know, then I tell them something about uh, the 1031 exchange. I forget what it was, but because um, I was like, yeah. He was like, no. Uh, I was like, also, I said, think about this. I said, if you sold those houses, you sold your house. Let's say the market um, was up, and you sold the house. You bought it for a hundred thousand. It's now worth two hundred thousand. So you say, "All right, boom! I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little profit, right? You pay the cash. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. You have taxes to pay. Mm-hmm. You have capital gains tax, right? Because you didn't live in it, right? You was renting it out. So you have capital gains tax depending on your tax rate, how much you know your income. It could be fifteen. 20%. Depending on the city, you may have that city municipal tax. Depending on where it's at, you may have an excise tax. You know, so that 
And now you got to think, all right, that 200000 that you would have got, minus your broker fees, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to pay a listing agent. You got to right. pay the buyer's agent. So let's just say that's 6% off that 200000 That's what, uh, 12000 So now you're already at 188000 And then when you take off your taxes, let's say 15 20%. You down to like uh let's see, ten percent, thirty six. So yeah, you probably you probably around 145, right? Mm-hmm. That you walked away with. I said, okay. Well let's that, say Ramona is explaining just taking straight cash yeah. from that property. If you lived in the property for two of the last five years, if he if if there was that situation where he bought that house for a hundred thousand dollars and it increased to two hundred thousand dollars. He would have been able to sell that two hundred thousand dollar home, and not have to pay capital gains tax because he lived in it two out of the last five years. We talked about ten thirty one exchange. In I forget what yeah, previous episode. So mm-hmm. we'll talk all about that. But anyway, I told him, all right. So if I if you take my situation, where I leveraged that hundred thousand dollars and bought five homes, mm-hmm. if I would have sold all five of those homes, I would still walk away with more profit than him. Because now, even though I'm paying that same broker fee, I'm going to say I'm selling all five of the homes with one broker. Mm-hmm. So now I'm paying 6% on the total. Right. instead. And now I could probably negotiate that, right? So I could probably sell, save myself some money. Yeah, you can negotiate the commission. I don't want to pay you 6% per house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell all five of these houses with you. And instead of 6%, it might be two, two and a half. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to save money like that. And then as far as the capital gains tax, okay, but that's on each property. So when it's all said and done, I'm going to walk away with probably 500000 Mm-hmm. Well, you only walk away with probably 145000 150000 Right. Off the same $100,000. But I said, what I, I wouldn't do that, right? I said, what I would do is I would sell those properties and I would do a 1031 exchange. And I would defer the taxes. Mm-hmm. So out of that two hundred thousand per house that they're worth, mm-hmm. which is now you're talking about a million dollars, out of that commission with the broker fee, all the tax, everything else is getting deferred, right? Mm-hmm. We did. Right. So now I'm deferring probably, I'll say after everything I'll say then let's say nine hundred and fifty thousand after paying. Well, yeah, broker fee, I don't know. Let's say nine hundred thousand mm-hmm. hypothetically. I can now go and get a way bigger property. <laughs> You know, after I pay the mortgages off and everything, right? But I'm probably, you know, probably a little bit less than that. But I'm like, it's just that leverage. It's just, he was like, 1031 exchange. He's like, oh, you can't defer. I said, yes, you can defer taxes. I said, that's that's how the wealth, wealthy, that's how the wealthy stay wealthy. Mm-hmm. That's how the wealth is transferred from family to their kids. You know, the, the parents usually to the kids and the kids' kids and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Because they're deferring the taxes, until they die, and at which point their taxes go away. So, yeah, he didn't know all of this. You know, I kind of had to school edu- him and everybody him. else that was in yeah. the room at that time. I had to little educate him a little bit, but yeah, you know, some people they don't understand. You know that the the key part of, of the credit is leverage. You know, which involves your credit score. That's why we talk about your credit score and your credit reputation because your credit credit reputation reputation is definitely it follows you everywhere you go as i mean with cash you you know it's just again you own not owe 
So there's really no way to, you know, make sure that you're being responsible with your cash other than, you know, if you have a checking account, savings account, if you're, you know, always defaulted on your um, or overdraft fees in your checking account, that's really one way that they could check. Or, you know, if you're paying for things with cash and you have late payments paying with cash, I mean, that's one way to tell for sure. Um, but you definitely have to be disciplined when it comes to things, um, as Ramon said, because some people who prefer cash, they can have that 100000 in their hand and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm a ball out. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, as with credit, you could do the same thing, but you are really going to be penalized for that. And if you want to deal with those consequences and repercussions, <laughs> of being irresponsible with your credit, it definitely, definitely follows you for an extremely long time as where, you know, with cash, it, it doesn't really, I mean, it does follow you, but you know, it, it there's really no, no history behind that, I'll say. Yeah, so, you know, real estate, some people pay cash. It's a quicker transaction. They don't want to owe a mortgage. You know, so on and so forth. I get it. But once you learn about leverage, it's just hard to do that. Because I'm not, I don't want to just spend. It's hard for who to do that? Anybody. Once you, <laughs> once you, once you understand that, you know, all right, yeah, I can, I got 200000 I can pay this house cash and don't owe anything. Right? Except for taxes and insurance. Mm-hmm. But if you knew that, okay, well, I can spend 100000 of this and get that same house. My mortgage is gonna be less because I'm putting su- I'm putting such a, a bigger down payment on it, and that other hundred thousand I might just put that in my account or go buy a property, mm-hmm. and now get income off that property, and now the mortgage that I'm paying on that house, the income from that property might be enough to pay the mortgage on the house I'm living in, mm-hmm. or most of it. Yeah, and see that, yeah. Because when you pay for a house with cash... Not to mention, sorry. Oh, sorry. Also, you're talking about tax write-offs, deductions, you know what I'm saying? So, you bought, you bought the house cash, yes, but I'm using leverage. I can write off more stuff. Now, you got one house. I have five. I got five properties I can use to write off tax deductions. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be in a better position. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and and as a realtor, when people make offers on, uh, make cash offers on a house, a lot of times a seller will go for that offer. Not all the time, but most times they will simply because it's a quick closing. Um, as long as the uh, buyer has proof of funds, you know, they basically, they can verify that they, you know, they legitimately have these funds and it's not an illegal transaction or whatever. Um, yeah, most sellers are like, so you're, you're paying cash. This is a quick close. I don't have to wait for financing, which can take up to 60 days, some cases even longer. But yeah, I mean, that that happens. And if you're buying a car and you come with cash, you definitely are, you're probably going to pay less. In most cases where you have larger transactions, you're probably going to pay less. And in 
the scenario with a cash buyer purchasing a home, more than likely they're going to pay less. They're going to, you know, they're going to offer less because they can close quicker. But you also need to have liquidity. Yes. When you're talking about using cash, because if you pay all cash and that's it, I mean, you don't have anything else, mm-hmm. that lender is going to look at, okay, well, what if something happens? You don't have no reserves. Something breaks down or anything happens. The market takes a downturn. How do I know you can still pay? Because you're just paying all cash for this. For everything, and, yeah. And people think that they can walk to a bank and, that, and that's going to work. And those lenders don't care about that. They have the money. They're looking at your credit. How how responsible are you paying back this loan? And if you're very responsible, meaning you have a high credit score, I'm willing to pay, put more down on the house than you are. Right? I'm willing to finance more of the house. And you only need to bring about 15 20% towards it right and then we can good we're good so you know credit cash credit is just better even on credit cards right if i have credit card i might be going to purchase something for ten thousand i may have the cash but i may say you know what instead of using my cash right now i'm gonna put this on a credit card i know what the payment is going to be per month i'm going to leverage that credit mm-hmm. right right now because i might need that ten thousand cash that liquidity i might need that liquid cash for something else right right you know you gotta be smart you know not to uh go out there and run up your credit cards but absolutely just don't succumb to the temptation of you know constantly using your credit card to spend beyond your means so you know uh be wise and just know that debt is definitely costly um, I mean, there are so many benefits to both, but we don't really live in the age anymore that cash is king. It's more or less credit is king because credit can affect your, um, your ability to live, you know, like you may not be able to get that job. Your insurance costs may go up. Of course, you're going to pay higher interest rates on credit card, housing, um, possibly even, for um you know like an apartment for leases and stuff you pay more money when you have bad credit right higher interest bigger deposits right and that's that's the thing when they say the poor pay more um if you are poor you do actually pay more um, because the banks and lenders are taking a bigger risk with someone who doesn't have as ramon said either the liquidity um or the credit shoot some can some cases both if you don't have either you definitely are gonna pay more um so you you have to be very strategic about how you move when you do use cash and how you move when you're using credit you want to be wise with either because of course with uh when we say cash that's your checking account or debit card so you definitely want to use those wisely and of course with credit it's you know mortgage payments and your credit card and stuff like that because sometimes people we've heard of people using their credit card or personal loans to purchase investment properties so i mean it opens up a world of of different opportunities if you are not liquid heavy or top heavy or however you want to use that term so i mean you just think about some of those things you know when it comes to your credit you have to really, really consider your well-being. 
nowadays because nobody really is there's times where people are walking around and they don't have any cash like none a quarter a dime a nickel a penny they don't have nair none (laughs) yeah so your credit tells a lot about you and you open up more opportunities when you have a good credit score absolutely higher credit score so uh yeah i hope we uh have what kind of solidified credit being better than cash it educated y'all on cash or credit now as we know people are going to continue to use cash obviously there's no way to entirely avoid cash people prefer the discipline of cash and again with cash you own not owe so there's you know one uh, two benefits uh, for sure for sure excuse me and then with credit cards they offer those security benefits and can help you um, become a savvy investor. You know, where you sometimes, in some cases, you may have to use your own money. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, opportunities there. And uh, credit, of course, offers convenience. Do you have anything else to add, Ramon? No, I think we pretty much did it. All right. Well, we are so grateful that you have been tuning in and being so loyal to the Slow Wealth Podcast that is Success Lives on Elevation. And we are going to sign out. But before we do, just remember our motivational quote that starts by saying, stop trying to include everybody. Sometimes that blessing was just for you. I am Kendra. And Ramon. Check us out on Facebook at Slow Wealth. That is S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. And we're also on Instagram at Slow Wealth. Uh, We are on all podcast platforms. You can email us at invest at slowwealth.com. That is I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. Signing off. We love y'all.